Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Beth. Happy birthday to you. Yes, I have been with my assistant, Beth McConville, who is so loyal to me. I met her the first day I walked into Pro Player Stadium in 2002, and she has been my assistant ever since. I got canned by Jeter. She got canned two minutes later, and we've been working together ever since. Happy birthday, Beth. Thank you for everything you do. I appreciate you. It's been a ride. Might as well keep going. Comfortable, though, is the word of the day. It's actually fitting. I'm very comfortable with Beth. If you can find someone in your life who is so helpful to you and who has your back, who's loyal to you, comfortable can be good. But comfortable can also be numbing. Just ask Pink Floyd. Comfortable is the word of the day for August 30, 2022. Sam Kennedy is the president of the Boston Red Sox, and the Boston Red Sox did something yesterday that is very uncharacteristic. They gave up. The Boston Red Sox, Will Middlebrooks, I know you're listening, and I'm sorry, but yesterday the Boston Red Sox gave up on the 2022 season as well they should have. They're in last place in the American League East. They are looking up at the Orioles. They're at least seven games out of the last wild card. It's not happening. They could go on one of their hot months. I think they had one good month this year. The other months have all been suboptimal. But what was surprising about yesterday is the choice of timing to do what Sam Kennedy did, the president of the Red Sox. He chose yesterday to let you know the fans of the Boston Red Sox. That was my meek attempt at Ben Affleck. The Boston Red Sox. Potting. Ever seen Ted? One of my favorite movies. Hada, hada, hada. I am very comfortable saying Chaim and Alex will be back. He's talking about his chief baseball officer, who he just hired in 2020, and Alex Cora, who they had a fire because of the Astros scandal and brought him back immediately after the one year suspension. So he's really been managing the team, let's say, for four years, whatever the number is. But today, we wake up this morning with Sam Kennedy very comfortable saying Chaim and Alex will be back. When a team president is comfortable saying something, that means the owners have told the president, don't worry, 
I am not going to overrule you. Don't worry. I'm not going to do something out of my mind if we have a bad September. We are sticking with our manager and general manager. You can go ahead and let them know that. I would never let them know that this early. If I were told that by the owners on August 30th, that they're looking like, well, first of all, when you have an owner who fires managers all the time, you don't ever want to make a manager feel comfortable because there's no such thing as comfortable. You make them comfortable through extensions. That just gives them like a severance policy. That's what extensions are, by the way. Alex Cora is signed through the 2024 season. That doesn't mean he's going to be managing. It means that when he's fired, he gets paid through the 2024 season. Don't mistake long-term contracts for anything other than guaranteed severance. Like when you're an employee, wherever you work, if you're an at-will employee, you can look to your employee handbook to see what the severance agreements are, if there are severance agreements, because when you're at-will, you can be fired any minute for no cause at all. See you later. But if you are a contracted employee, that's, that's a better way to say it. Ready? Eight, six, nine. If you are an employee under contract and you've got a term longer than a year, what that means is that whenever you're fired, you will get paid out to the end of your contract. So that's like guaranteed severance. So if I were told that I'm not getting rid of my manager or chief baseball officer, I'm keeping it to myself. What I am doing is starting to sell the 2023 season. Right now, all 30 teams, if you go watch a baseball game, you will see signs behind the plate. You'll see ads during the game that talk about 2023 season tickets on sale now. The schedule has come out as we talked about. Every team's facing every team in this new balance schedule. And this is the time when we start renewing season tickets. This is when you renew. You don't get a lot of new season ticket sales right now. New season ticket sales come when you sign players during the off season or when the prognosticators say you're gonna be good or when you've got a certain promotion, which the schedules will not have been announced by teams right now, like bobbleheads, etc. But now is when you go to all your current season ticket holders. For some teams, that's 1,500. For some teams, it's 15,000. And you go to each of them and you look to retain them. And what you're trying to do is get a message out when you've got a high season ticket pace like the Red Sox and a poor performance like the Red Sox, you want to get a message out, hey, we are very angry with what happened in 2022 and we are going to be back in 2023 and i promise you that we are a team that knows how to come back the boston red sox are the single most successful franchise in the 2000s since 2004 they have four world series nobody's even close giants have three that's about that's sort of close no one else yankees won since 2004 the Red Sox are a team that wins a World Series. Then they can finish in last place. Win a World Series, finish in last place. Win a World Series. They're back in last place. If you are a Red Sox fan and you are angry with Chaim Bloom or Alex Cora, then you are not a baseball fan. There is not one fan base in this country, including the Dodgers and the Astros, not one who would not trade places with you. Oh, to be a Red Sox fan and have rings on every finger but the thumb. So then why, why come out and give a vote of confidence to your baseball people? It's not necessary. Sam Kennedy continued, I'm very comfortable saying there's a strong belief in the direction of the franchise from our ownership group. 
I'm very comfortable saying there's a strong belief in the direction of the franchise from our ownership group. That direction is continuing to build for the future, but continuing to invest at the major league level. The Red Sox have proven they do that. They signed Trevor Story. Terrible signing, but they signed Trevor Story. Their payrolls are always unbelievably high. I don't look at the Mets and the Dodgers. Those are outliers, right? That's not what interests me. Does my owner give me a chance to win with a above average payroll? The rest is up to me as an executive. And the Boston Red Sox owners have always done that for their general managers. Are the fans so upset and calling for Chaim and Alex to be fired? And that's why the Red Sox came out and said they're not being fired. We're bringing them back. Why do that? If you've got fans calling for your manager to be fired, close the app. The Red Sox are not selling fewer season tickets, renewing fewer season tickets because Alex Cora is still there or because Chaim Bloom is still there or if they weren't there. People in Boston are there for the win and you've already proven you win. He ended his statement by saying to be looking up at the American League East at this point of the year is painful and frustrating. And frankly, we deserve the criticism we're getting. Horsaki. I don't ever like to admit ever that I deserve criticism running a team. There's sometimes you have to wear it and you can wear it. But when you've got four championships, I wouldn't wear a thing. I had one and I hated wearing it. If I had four, I'd be Teflon as far as I was concerned. We've been around here a long time and we're prepared to turn things around quickly here as we head into 2023. Here's another way to say it. Another way to say it is we were prepared to win this year. We expected to win this year as we came only a few games away from the World Series last year and we made our team better with Trevor Story. We did not expect him to miss so much time or Nathan Eovaldi, who we signed after winning our last World Series because we thought that was in the best interest of the team. We signed Chris Sale because you, the fans, thought it was in the best interest of the team and my God, was that a horse crap signing. But he's been out for the year. God knows what happened. He hurt himself doing something. We're going to be able to reuse the J.D. Martinez money because we signed him and we've been trying to trade him every single year, praying to God he was going to opt out. But boom, we're getting that money back in the market. You're all worried about Xander Bogarts. I know you are. Okay. I think he's going to opt out and we're going to offer him a lot of money. We'll see what happens. What if every team president had to take an honest pill? Like they got comfortably numb and they had to actually, t I guess nothing personal would disappear, Coca. We can't do it that way. We can't do it that way. We're not doing it that way. If they were honest, what would we ever talk about? So my message to all of you people in Red Sox land, you are the ones who should be comfortable. Wait to see when I tell you something's gonna happen. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. But I'll revisit it. This is a long-term wait to see. Stay calm, Will. Sit down and don't call me later. I mean, call me later. I love to catch up. The Boston Red Sox will miss the playoffs again in 2023. And let me tell you why. Chris Sale is not going to be better and is not going to be an ace. You're going to be pressured to sign Bogarts to a deal that is a big time overpay.
you are going to feel as though replacing what's in my head. J.D. Martinez, thank you. Coke is right on it on a random Tuesday, an early Tuesday morning. Coke is like, Martinez, Martinez. You are going to feel that you want to replace Martinez's money, but the natural increases in your salaries is going to make your payroll the same without replacing Martinez. So you're going to try to replace him. Just don't sign Garcia or Soler. And the Orioles are not a fluke. The Rays are the Rays. The Yankees, you can hope they misjudge, but they're still the Yankees. And the Blue Jays are positioned to be good for the next four years. This is an easy call. The Red Sox will miss the playoffs again in 2023. The New York Knicks, however, are positioned to win a championship. They've got Ewing and Oakley and Starks and Mason. Charlie Ward playing on his rookie contract. Hubert Davis, Derek Harper, Rolando Blackman. They are going to win it all. There's no more Jordan. It's very exciting. If I could get into a hot tub time machine, A, I would, depending on who's in it. But I would go back to 1994. Greatest year of my life as a fan. Horrible personal year. But as a fan, that's a whole other story. But as a fan, that's the year I want. So close to a championship. Two for 18 away. The New York Knicks are the single worst franchise. They are the anti-Boston Red Sox. Mariners? No. Marlins? Forget about it. The New York Knicks are the worst franchise since 2000. Of the century. Tell me I'm wrong. Get at David P. Sampson on Twitter or Instagram and tell me who's been a worse franchise since 2000 in the New York Knicks. I'll wait. I mean, I'm not going to wait now because I'm in the middle of a show. But after, I'm happy to wait. There's something in basketball called a rookie extension. A rookie extension is when you draft a guy and then he's eligible for a rookie level extension and then the team gives him the rookie level extension. Look at Zion Williamson. We've talked about that on the show. Look at John Morant. He of the Twin Houses. Second only to Twin Peaks, Kyle. That is a rookie level extension. R.J. Barrett is eligible for that for the Knicks. And the Knicks have agreed, in theory, to a four-year, $120 million deal, deal with Mr. Barrett, making him the first rookie the Knicks will have extended since the aforementioned Charlie Ward. How bad are you when you have not extended one of your own rookies since Charlie frickin' Ward? Yeah, the quarterback, the Heisman Trophy winner from FSU, I think. Coca, you're the college football guy. Did Charlie Ward go to FSU? I think he did. Yes! I'm not good. I know some players where they went to college, but it's not really my thing, right? Like Bird and Magic and Kareem. R.J. Barrett is an example. I'm going to say Duke because everybody goes to Duke. Did R.J. Barrett go to Duke? That's just a, or Kentucky. One of those two would be my guess. Maybe Gonzaga. Anyway, it doesn't matter. R.J. Barrett. Are you excited as Nick fans? Well, hold on. What's really happening is that New York Knicks are speaking to the Utah Jazz about trading for Donovan Mitchell. They believe bringing Donovan Mitchell and pairing him with the current face of the team, Randall. (laughs) He's not the face of the team. He's just the highest paid guy. 
Now, if you can trade for Donovan Mitchell and get rid of Randall, that'd be good. But anyway, there's a big trade in the works where the Knicks are the favorite to get Donovan Mitchell. But if they sign R.J. Barrett to this rookie extension, there's about 10 reasons and they involve a corporate term called poison pill, forget it, doesn't matter. Just know that the likelihood of trading for Donovan Mitchell once you actually sign R.J. Barrett becomes very, very slight. Therefore, what you do is when you're negotiating with another team, we used to do this player to player, right? Hey, we would like to make this trade. This trade's on the table, but if you don't say yes to this trade, we are signing this guy, and if we sign that guy, we don't need your guy. And here's the deadline, because if we don't sign this guy by this time, he's going to sign with someone else or he won't be able to sign, whatever the case may be. And therefore, we're not going to trade for your guy. We do it free agent to free agent, especially to Boras. Hey, we're going to sign that guy. If you don't, if you don't go down on your demand, we're not signing your guy. We're going another direction. That's the word we say. We've decided to go another direction. It's what you say when you fire someone instead of, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to let you go. Derek, it's not what you say to me when you fire me. Just say, hey, we're going another direction. So the Knicks call Utah and say, we're going to go another direction unless you agree to the terms that we want in the Donovan Mitchell trade. And you've got until blank time. And you better mean it. Some people think last night, Monday night, August 29th was the deadline. Other people think it could be sometime today. No one really knows. But the key when you make a deadline is you better stick to the deadline. You can't then call Utah one hour after the deadline and say, hey, Danny, hey, D. Wade, let's take another hour to think about it. You got an hour and then an hour comes by. You've got one more minute. All right, that's it. RJ, we're signing. That's sort of what's happening. I think what you're going to see today is Donovan Mitchell traded to the Knicks. But there's so much media out there, so many fans saying, but Mitchell's not good enough. He shouldn't be the superstar. Let's keep Barrett. Let's sign Barrett. And God knows James Dolan, bless his losing soul. He pays attention. He's got a, a army of PR people reading all of your tweets and all of your comments and all of your call-ins to the call-in show saying, ooh, he's like taking a temperature. He sticks his finger in his tuchus sticks it in the air and says, which way is the wind blowing? Ooh, that wind's sort of stinky. You're damn right it is. Your team stinks. RJ Barrett may or may not sign. Donovan Mitchell may or may not get traded to the Knicks, but we're going to find out really, really soon. Okay. Oh, yes. When we come back, we have so much more to cover. When we come back, we are going to review a movie the new Kevin Hart movie on Netflix. We're going to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo and what happened in San Francisco, which is staggering. And I can't let the day end without mentioning what I saw last night, not in person, but what I saw happen with Serena Williams. If you're not following the Serena Williams story, we're going to recatch you up and tell you what happened at the U.S. Open. We will be right back. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. 
From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. Thank you for rating, reviewing, and following. Thank you for engaging with our sponsors and all the things that you do, telling your friends about Nothing Personal. Coke has been doing a ton on TikTok nothingpersonal.npds part of the clips of this show he'll he'll piece them together and do something funny coca's job is to make me look good and other than physically he does a great job i watch a movie every single day new movie came out on netflix and i am a sucker i just am right i always believe that things are going to get better i'm a huge huge howard jones guy and I, and I see a movie's being released with Kevin Hart and Mark Wahlberg. And I look at their filmography, especially Mark Wahlberg. I love, I love. By the way, this is live and this is happening. It's 7 a.m. and Beth McConville's typing me, texting me on her birthday. That's a violation. Do you text anyone outgoing on your birthday? I'm just curious. I don't answer. I will answer calls, but not place calls. I'll respond to texts, but not initiate texts because I want to keep an idea. Hey, who remembered who didn't? I don't mean like the Facebook reminder where people in the timeline, happy birthday. Oh my God, I haven't spoken to you in six years. There are people who I text only once a year on their birthday, but that still counts. It's sort of a touch point, right? Anyway, she just texted me. I'm responding to you right now, Beth, saying that I'm talking about you. Literally, you're going to hear this. So when I see Mark Wahlberg, I think about all of his movies and I think about how talented he is and how many of the movies I've loved. And then I think about some of the recent movies and I get very disappointed. But I'm still okay because I can live on Three Kings and I can live on Ted. I can live on The Departed for the rest of my life. With Kevin Hart, I look back at The Wedding Ringer. I didn't mind fatherhood, but The Wedding Ringer, especially with Josh Gad, I can not live the rest of my life on that. But boy, could I live for a while. And I've lived for a while. I get excited for Kevin Hart. I get excited for Mark Wahlberg. And then I watch Me Time on Netflix and I want to know who's running Netflix. Who greenlit that script? Who looked at the dailies and said, my God, we got a funny one. Me Time is one of the top five worst movies I've seen in my life. In my life. Someone tweeted at me and wanted a top five worst movies. I'll do that on a future mailbag. We're going to have a mailbag in September because, of course, tomorrow's the last day of August and I'll be here tomorrow. But I'm running a marathon in theory in September, so we'll need a mailbag or two. But all of that said, when you sit through an hour, 40 minutes of me time, you are going to say to yourself, why didn't I listen to Samson? Well, let me tell you, I want a list from you of what you did for 100 minutes today, tomorrow, the next day. Tell me that you spent it well. Tell me, make me feel like the old Matt Damon at the end of Saving Private Ryan, that I did something. Have, have I been good? Is my, I can't remember the line, but it's a great line. I was crying hysterically. I've seen the movie 20 times. Has it been worth it? Has something good happened? 
This is not war. This is just movies, and this is just time, and you know my view of time. Time, tick-tock, tick-tock. Take the hour 40 and do something and then get at me at David P. Sampson. Tell me what you do because don't watch me time. Jimmy Garoppolo, on the other hand, has plenty of time to watch every Kevin Hart movie, every Mark Wahlberg movie, because he's getting paid not to play. A dream come true for some athletes. I don't think it's a dream come true for Jimmy. At least that's not what I would have thought given the success he's had. But Jimmy G... Who calls him that? Am I allowed to call him that, Coca? Am I making that up? Is he called Jimmy G by people? Jimmy Garoppolo, yesterday, took a pay cut. I have never seen athletes take pay cuts, and now there's two of them who have taken a pay cut recently. You're saying Harden took a pay cut. I'm not buying it. But there was another player who restructured a contract and took a pay cut, and I can't remember who it was, and Coca won't be able to remember either I would imagine but Jimmy Garoppolo was with the Niners they were trying to trade him couldn't trade him they want to give the team to Lance Armstrong and they've done that and so he's going to be a backup quarterback which means he'll only play if Lance gets hurt and if not then Jimmy G stays with the team has the clipboard watches movies and then he gets to leave so let me get this straight As an athlete, you want to give up a year of your career, a year of your earning power, because you're sure there's going to be so many QB openings in 2023, and the fact of the matter is you've bought your freedom. What kind of system does the NFL have where this is happening more and more often with quarterbacks, where they are restructuring contracts to buy freedom and taking less guaranteed money to buy that freedom? That's a pretty strong management, isn't it? Hey, we own the rights to you, but by the way, you want to be free? Pay me in the form of me paying you less. It's sort of an interesting concept. So Jimmy G not only took a pay cut in order to be free in 23, he also got a no trade clause. What would be the reason that he would want to no trade clause? The reason that all players want no trade clauses is they want to be in control of their destination. A no, a no trade clause, if you think about it, is the first cousin of free agency. When you sign a long-term deal with a no trade clause, you know that if you want to play somewhere else, you can decide where that place will be. Now, you may be stuck where you signed that contract, because the team, even if you stink or they stink, they don't have to trade you. But when I talked to a player like Giancarlo Stanton about a no trade clause and why he would do it, he always said he did it because he wanted to protect himself. I said most players use it as a sword. He said he wants to use it as a shield. I guess looking back, I could tell you that he used it as a sword when he dictated that he would not go to the Cardinals, he would not not go to the Giants, and he ended up getting himself to the Yankees because he only wanted to go to the Yankees or the Dodgers. That's called using your no-trade clause as a sword. He got a second free agency, if you will, or in his case, a first because we signed him before he was going to be a free agent. So no-trade clauses are significant for players to get. So a team says, if you want that, we need something in return. 
Most baseball players will say, I'm not giving you anything in return. But in football, they do give you something in return, like a pay cut. Hey, Jimmy, I don't like you. I also hate losing my pick of the day. We're 92 and 76. The Giants lost to the Padres 6-5. to five. Rodon gave up three runs in the first, and that was it. Some of the games were crazy last night. The Diamondbacks came back to beat the Phillies by a touchdown, I think. The Dodgers won three out of four from the Marlins in 10 innings last night. Just some interesting games. But we're 92 and 76. I want to talk about the Dodgers. The Dodgers have a small problem. Small. It's called a forearm strain. They announced that Tony Gonsolin, their best starter. Clayton Kershaw is already hurt. Walker Bueller is out for the season. They've had tremendous injuries. They've got Andrew Heaney in their rotation. Right? Not great. Not great. And Tony Gonsolin has been a godsend. Their ace is Urias. Gonsolin goes to the IL yesterday, and the Dodgers announced forearm strain. And then Dave Roberts did something that we tell our manager never to do. He said, we expect him to miss just two starts. It was a load management disabled list. Is that what we're supposed to believe? When we put players on load management injured list, we say it was their back, soreness, arm fatigue. That's a good one. We don't use forearm strain. Forearm strain is what happens when you're going to get Tommy John. You could say back stiffness. Never say shoulder stiffness. You could say cramps in legs, hamstring stiffness, foot, ankle. Do not ever say forearm. Andrew Freeman knows better. If it is a forearm strain and they're not actually lying to us, it ain't two starts. You've got to get the inflammation down. You've got to throw without pain, not even on a mound. Then you've got to get back on the mound and you've got to see how you recover from throwing all of your pitches. But more times than not, a forearm strain means you're getting tommied. So I am fascinated to see what's going to happen here with Tony Gonsolin. The Dodgers, this is a bad thing to admit, Coca, but I'll tell you, I did. When we were competing with teams for a playoff spot and one of their best players got injured, their best performing players, I would not be upset. I mean, it'd be like Snoopy dance time. Like back in the day, if that's another unfortunate Levitard expression or Cody expression, not really back in the day, just when I was running a team and we were facing Maddox and Smoltz and Glavin and one of them was going to miss a month, yay. It, it even got so micro that I would look at probables for an upcoming series the way teams do with the Mets now. And if you're missing both Scherzer and DeGrom in one series with the Mets, you celebrate that. Like you say to your team, all right, let's go get the sweep now. The Dodgers, when Gonsolin announced his injury, when that was announced, what do you think? You think the Mets were happy? Yeah, they were. I promise you. And it's totally normal. So the Dodgers have a game tonight. Coincidentally, against the Mets. 
This is a big series. This could be a preview of the National League Championship Series. Could be. The Mets are going with Walker. The Dodgers are going with Andrew Heaney, the guy we drafted and traded to the Dodgers, who then got traded to the Angels for Howie Kendrick is his provenance. Now he's with the Dodgers. He's a first-round pick. He's a successful first-round pick because he's in the big leagues, so that's already a 50-50 shot. He's won some games, but I would not exactly call him a superstar. I would not call him a playoff starter. I would not call him a championship starter. The Mets go into this series saying, we do not have Gonsolin. We do not have Bueller. If we do not win this series, that will make me angry. I let the manager know. I let the players know. Players don't care as much. The manager will understand the significance. The GM will understand the significance. I'm sorry, Coca, but I'm taking the Mets. Mets over the Dodgers. We're 92 and 76. When you've got a player who is a, not just an all-star, but a Hall of Fame player, what do you do? How do you deal with that? when that player could opt out of a contract and become a free agent? Do you automatically just resign him? And if you do know that you're gonna automatically resign him, do you say anything publicly? Do you say anything to the agent to indicate that you will? I did the opposite. If we had players who wanted to be resigned, I would give the agents the impression that we had alternatives, that we were moving on. Of course, the track record made it so agents would believe that. Steve Cohn, the owner of the Mets, doesn't have much of a track record. He's only in his second year. He only has got his Twitter account and the fact that he said the Mets were going to win a World Series in three to five years, and this is year two. And man, the Mets have built a good team. I would say their offense can struggle, to say the least. I would say their back end of the bullpen is superb with Diaz, and their front end of the rotation is unbelievably superb with Scherzer and DeGrom. I have been on record saying that Jacob DeGrom will not opt out of his contract because who would be stupid enough to give him, given his injury past? And I know you don't want to hear it. When he's healthy, he's unhittable. But when you start 15 games a year and you get paid $40 million, that's the equivalent of getting paid $80 million. Why? Because a starter needs to start a minimum of 30 games. If you're making $40 million, I need you starting 33 games. I don't need you missing a month or two months or half the season. You can't do it. Jacob DeGrom has not proven that he can be healthy over the course of a season. How could you with an arm like that? Go back and look at Tim Lincecum. It's impossible to be that good for that long and not be named Nolan Ryan and not use steroids. Exceptions. Max Scherzer. Justin Verlander, but he had Tommy John. There's so few and far between that you cannot assume that you've got the guy, and you certainly can't assume you have both on your team. So why would Steve Cohn come out and say, that he will do whatever it takes to keep DeGrom. But at the end of the day, the decision's up to DeGrom. Well, no SS, right? Of course it is. But the better question is, why is there a reason to tell your fan base that you will do whatever it takes? If I am Jacob DeGrom's agent, I am going 8675309. Hello, Steve. Hi. I would just like to say that Jacob DeGrom is not only gonna opt out of his contract, but here's what we're going to want. We're going to want five years tacked on, and we're going to want $43 million. I know you give 43 to people like Max Scherzer because they get dressed next to each other and they shower together. How do you feel about 43 times five? 
ooh, that's, I can't, you know, my GM, my great GM has told me that's too much. Well, you told your fan base, you do whatever it is, whatever it takes. Yeah, but I'll go public right now to say that you demanded five years time, 43 million, and they'll say, we agree with you, Steve, you shouldn't have signed it. No, they won't. You're the second richest owner in sports. First richest owner in baseball. Not that there's any relevance to that, but that's what people always say. So Steve Cohn has put himself in a bind. And guess what? The beneficiary of that tickle is Jacob deGrom. I always wanted the owner who I worked with, who's just, he was great. I loved working with Jeffrey Lurie. I did every minute of it. Not every minute, but almost every minute of it. But when you get out ahead of yourself and you leave your baseball people with nowhere to go, with no ability to negotiate, you're just screwing yourself. Why, if you're Steve Cohen, do you want to screw yourself? What's the purpose? Does it feel good? Is that why you don't leave the house too often? I don't know. But given what Steve Cohen said, Coca, do I have a way to see that Jacob deGrom is not going to opt out? Because if I do, cancel it. I had no idea. So now we have to change it for my second wait to see. My second wait to see of the day, put it in bold and book it. Jacob deGrom is both opting out and signing a new deal with the New York Mets. Because Steve Cohn has an ego the size of Guadalajara can do. And I assure you that after what he said, he is signing Jacob deGrom to an extension. So book it, Coca, August 30th, Beth's birthday. Jacob deGrom opts out and resigns with the Mets to an unthinkable, unspeakable, redonkulous contract. Way to go, Steve. So I watched Serena play last night. Do you want me to take a bigger breath there, Coca? All right, ready? 28, 48, 69. I watched Serena Williams last night. It's her last tournament. She's retiring. Coca and I were on the phone last night late talking about how many other individual goats have we seen retire. We couldn't come up with a huge list. Right? We don't remember Muhammad Ali's last fight. Tom Brady retirement doesn't count at all because while he's the goat, it's a team sport. One of the great winners of all time, Tom Brady. But Serena Williams is the greatest female tennis player in history. And she pre-announced her retirement. The U.S. Open, which she's won six times right here in Queens, New York. She's playing one last time. One more time. Joe Jackson had her first round match against a player who I'd never heard of, you've never heard of, who stood zero chance. Even if she's better than Serena, Serena's like 50 to one to win the US Open, by the way, 50 to one. She has to play the number two seed now. So the US Open wanted to do something for her, right? Not the Jersey exchange, you wanted to do something, some sort of ceremony. And you gotta plan it for the first round because you can't wait because if Serena loses, she's gone. She is not going to come back for a ceremony after a match that she didn't play in. That's why they had to do this whole big ceremony after this first round victory. I, I, it would be great after she won the tournament or made it to the semifinals or whatever the case may be. So she wins the match and they start this ceremony. And I couldn't help but think about it. They had a video that was uh, narrated by Oprah 
about Serena and her career and what an example she's been and what a success she's been on and off the court. And then Serena was interviewed and I found it all to be bizarre. They didn't present her with anything. She's won that six times, she got six trophies. She wore a dress with six layers, but it was too heavy. So she got rid of four of the layers and won the match wearing two layers. That was a funny sort of nugget by her in the interview. But the ceremony for the GOAT was a short video by Oprah Winfrey talking about how all of us love Serena. Thank you. I found it to be the worst ceremony I'd ever seen. You have to do better than that. You have to present her like part of the court like part of the center court or a net from the first time she won it as a teenager or some sort of plaque or even a car. I never liked the whole car, motorcycle, rocking chair thing, but something that she will keep and have with her forever. Instead, it was a video. I guess she could rewatch it with her husband and kid. I don't know. I just found it to be less than perfect to say the least. That said, if you can't uh, take the time to watch Serena Williams. You're making a mistake. It's unlikely to see anyone like her in your lifetime. She's playing again Wednesday against the number two seed. I don't know what the odds are. Coca, can we bet? Can, uh, you, can you get a line on a match? Of course you can, right? I wonder what the line is on Serena's next match. I'm not sure Coca's with me anymore. But Coca, can you, do you know how to get a line on Serena Williams' match? I'll give it to everyone tomorrow. Maybe we'll pick it for, for Wednesday. She's playing on Wednesday against the number two seed, because I wonder if the line reflects the emotion of Serena Williams versus the reality of the fact that she's 40. She's plus 172. Wow, that is a huge underdog. Serena Williams, you're getting plus 172 money. Are you going to be emotional and take that? She's facing the number two seed. Okay. I got to talk about tattoos. And it's important to talk about them because, as you know, Coca, you may not know this. Coca's a big tattoo guy. You may not know this. I'm a big tattoo guy. I love tattoos. I love tattoos that are meaningful. I like tattoos that represent something that you love, someone that you love. They make you think about something that you loved, love, or will love, could love, did love, will always love, don't love anymore, but should love, maybe do love. Tattoos can be, they're permanent, by the way. There's only one thing more permanent than tattoos, and that's children. That's it. Like, make your top five list of permanent things. Children are number one, right? When you have a child, that's it. You've got a child. It's not spouses. It's children. Siblings, right? They're permanent. Permanent. Parents. Tattoos. Players get tattoos all the time. We had a player named Justin Miller. Coca, you've got to know this player, actually. Have you ever heard of Justin Miller? He was the player where there was a sleeve rule that was made by MLB. And the sleeve rule was made because of Justin Miller because the tattoos were distracting to hitters. So he was forced to wear an arm sleeve because he had a sleeve. Now, so many players have so many tattoos. I'm not even sure there's a sleeve rule anymore. I'm not sure that anybody cares anymore because the balls are juiced, of course, so it's totally fine. Or they have spider tack. Whatever it is, tattoos, no big deal. We were pretty clear with our players. It really is not a major rule, 
right? Because when we meet in spring training and go through the rules, be on time, here's your curfew, here's the playbook, here's what we expect, here are the signs, here's, we want you to, the dress code. And one more thing, don't get any tattoos during the season. You've got an entire off season to get tatted. We don't want any self-inflicted injuries. And players will come up to me and say, what, what are you even talking about? And, I, and players know that I like tattoos. And they would say to me like, what, what, what do you mean? And I'd say, well, we don't want you to be hurt. And they'd say, you never get hurt when you get tattooed. And I'd say, are you sure? And I'd always go back to AJ Burnett, who was hurt when he got his neck tattooed right before a start and it impacted one of his starts. And I was furious. You've got all the time in the world to get tattooed during the offseason. Araldus Chapman of the New York Yankees, the struggling Araldus Chapman, he of the overpay in the last year of his contract. A platform year, if you will, if he wants to continue, which I can't imagine anyone will sign him for any amount of money that he thinks he's worth. We're talking about one of the most dominant closers in history. Remember when he came? Wanted to sign him so badly. Remember when he came, he was throwing 102, 104. Unhittable. When Chapman came in the game, it was over. I'm trying to remember his career. I want to believe, Coca, that he started with the Cincinnati Reds and he chose them. And we really thought we were going to have him. And then he got traded. He won a World Series with the Cubs in 2016. Then the Yankees, the Yankees had him, traded him to the Cubs, then re-signed him to a, to a free agent deal, then another deal. They just had to put him on the injured list because he got a tattoo during the season and it got infected. People are asking me, what would I do? I would march down to the player and I would just ask a simple question. Look at the room out there. Look at those teammates. How do you feel about what you've done to them? You feel good? No, but, but Poppy, David, it's of my sister. I needed to honor her. I wanted it. I needed it. I had to have it. And I would say, really? It couldn't wait till November? No, no, it's got to be now. I've heard that so many times. Now, you hear that in business a lot. I want this done now. Do you want it done right? I don't care. I want it done now. Have you ever wanted something so badly that you settle for something less because it's close to what you wanted, but it's available now? It's called replacement shopping. Replacement shopping is the concept of when you go into a store and want something, it's not available, or a more expensive one is available, and you say, no problem, I'll take it. Or it's something that you don't exactly want, but the desire for now trumped the desire for desire. Happens with the wine list a lot. If you go to a restaurant and order wine, they say, oh, we don't have that wine, but we have this wine. You're like, all right, I'll take that wine. Are you aware? It's $4.99 more expensive. Oh, didn't know that. Fine, I'll do it. And then you do it, and they, that's called they've upsold you. You go into a store, you go in because you see something online or you see a piece of clothing, they don't have it, you buy something else. Tattoos shouldn't be that. Nothing permanent should be that. Don't choose to have a child to save your marriage. Don't choose to have a child because you're bored or you're too lazy to protect yourself. Anything permanent requires thought and timing. Chapman showed neither. Does he care? 
The worst part is he doesn't. I would be going to Major League Baseball and asking to put him on the restricted list. I would be told that I can't because I wasn't smart enough to put getting tattooed as a prohibited activity in a contract. But it sure as heck should be. It's just business. This is nothing personal.